This is the Light Goddess Podcast, and I am your host, Jude Hotep, the Goddess Coach. If you are here, it means that you are a divine feminine entrepreneur, and come hell or high water, you will root more love into this world. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Light Goddess Podcast. Welcome to Sacred Vibe Saturday. I am Jude Hotep. This episode is called Goddess Eris, and we're going to talk about this um, one of the goddess asteroids and um, and her story and how we can harness her power in our lives to step into claimed leadership and to let down the pretenses. First, I want to let you know that I coach women on financial healing by restoring your divine feminine intuition and truth we do this in light goddess it is my one-to-one coaching program where we work together you overcome distorted money beliefs restore your innate self-worth so you can run your business on your divine feminine intuition you can get into a call with me where you will absolutely get a transformation and clarity and you can do that at lifecoachjude.com Let's get into this episode. So, Eris was not invited to a wedding, and she took, I might have just like blown out people's speakers with that, but <laughs> um, anyway, so she she was she was uninvited to the wedding because she was a provoker because she was um a disruptor because she did not conform to tradition and customs and laws for law's sake we make these man-made laws these human-made laws and we don't realize that that's not divine law and that we're just down here making up shit <laughs> and and things go on for a long time so we just accept it as a normalized thing and we often don't question what needs to be questioned and what needs disrupted. And so Eris was known for this disruption, and so she wasn't invited to this important community wedding. And so she arrived anyway. She showed up anyways, and she came with a golden apple, which she threw in the crowd knowing that there was vanity and... and um you know, this greed and, and these different things going on and, and three goddesses dove for this golden apple. And so it was Athena, Aphrodite, and Hera. And so they dove to retrieve the apple and they, you know, no one had it specifically. So they wanted to, who, you know, who gets the apple? You know, there's this great scuffle about who gets the apple. And so everyone looked to God Jupiter to decide this. And he wanted no part in the decision of who would keep the apple because his wife was one of was one of the goddesses. And so then he puts Paris in as the decision maker to to decide which goddess gets the golden apple. You know, and 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 we could just let the golden apple go to begin with, but it's this it's this bait, it's this um, symbol of what we make important over what truly is important in life. And so the three goddesses try to bribe Paris and try to win his vote and try to do all these different things. Aphrodite promised him, you know, the wife of Helen of Troy. And of course she's married to the king of Troy. It's not exactly a promise she can keep. And so, 
all of this led to war. <laughs> and so we can see how each character, each person is a little piece of ourself, a little piece of others that we know. You can see all of these different characters playing out in humanity and how each person, you know, plays this out in society. And then also if you remember that two people were getting married. And so everything, all of this was this giant distraction from this, you know, special day for these, for the couple. So we see, you know, what we make important and what usurps what truly is important. The love, the coming together of love and partnership and union that day, right? And and so we can see all of these characters. The three goddesses, they took the apple and participated in their own objectification, you know, of themselves. And we see that in the overculture having played out for a very long time in times where voluptuous, curvy women, larger women were considered the fairest of them all because it's connected to money. In those times, if you were large, it meant you had food and so therefore money. Now skinny, tall women are perpetuated for a long, very long time as the ideal of beauty. And so we can see how the overculture suppresses feminine power by keeping women in competition because we are weaker when we are in opposition, when we are separated from each other, when we're not partnering, when we're competing, when we're jealous, when we're um, afraid of each other and not able to be open and, and willing. And then... You know, the hurts and the wounds of being hurt and wounded by women and then not wanting to open up in this per this perpetuating loops and cycles, right? We're endlessly powerful when we support, nurture, uplift, and support each other. Additionally, as as women, when we run the program, we somewhere inside buy into our bodies being our only currency or value, and it's so deeply, it's such a deeply rooted spell in our culture that traps us as women in this pre preoccupation with our image and with our body and with makeup and hair and all of these things. And then there's this whole other side to that of self-modification that we've been doing since, you know, for, for eons as, as humans in every culture, every indigenous society, all, you know, does very unique and interesting self-modification it's a part of embodying who we want to be in this life and our identity who we want to be this year or this month you know is part of self-modification so then we have these two sides of this coin right and in my own personal experience you know i've had this preoccupation coming up for me in this um chunk of time recently where, you know, my appearance has changed over the last two years and I just wasn't able to self-modify or do the things to my face or do different care that I would have liked to have done. And so it's been a very challenging time because I've been letting go of all of this deep conditioning of the feminine and just loving myself so so much deeper every 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 day. And yet, like, I had nearly had my hair fall out and my teeth fall out because of malnutrition I'd like cut a significant amount of my hair off and haven't been able to color it and do the things I do to self-modify and so you know it's like our identity is is part of 
our, you know, our appearance and, and how we self-modify as part of our identity. And so there's this embodiment of our identity and there's this preoccupation of the spell of the image for image's sake, for glamour to fit in, to be accepted, to be part of a group, to, um, to conform. So there's these multiple angles of this. And there's this expectation, too, to get into rooms, to get into circles, that you have to aesthetically, as a woman, look a certain way and be put put together, so to speak, right? And what's the definition of put together? But everyone, every woman understands exactly what that means, right? And you have to look a certain way, be a certain way, have a certain makeup, and, and someone can tell, you know, someone, you know, it's you are judged on on that appearance on how you put yourself together you're deemed unimportant unprofessional or not you know taken seriously or considered and so as women the spell hits us from so many angles we want to be who we want to be and represent that in our appearance and our presentation of ourselves so naturally and, you know, but as women, we too often do anything and compete to, to, you know, do these things that we don't even need to compete. We don't need to compete in business. But if you look out there and see the other sea of healers or coaches or guides, then it might drive that competition. We, you don't need to compete. You just need to be your particular brand and yourself and who you are. And speak your truth and message. But that's, you know, not what the conditioning is, right? And and so, you know, we often, you know, women often compete for men as well. There's this thing in the culture around having a man's support or protection. It's this deep-seated conditioning but also based on old you know instinctual things and so we have these layers to it within you know and and getting the man's attention that's also part of the story of goddess Eris. you know she was a provoker the disruptor giving the goddesses the opportunity and they showed where they were in their consciousness and focus bribing pairs selling themselves in many in you know different ways as women in our culture, we have the same conditioning most of us dismantle within at some point along our journey to be truly free and empowered in our own right. No longer people-pleasing, dressing, behaving, doing things or not doing things so that a man will choose us. There is a massive, you know, there's massive spells in the culture around men and women. Men have to go plant their seed. It's a natural drive. You got to keep your man happy. You can't let him get bored in the bedroom. There's so much of this. Every magazine, how to keep a man, how to get a man, all of this conditioning in the culture. And so the story highlights those things. And those are the things that we're dismantling right now in the collective and within ourselves. We're dismantling that within humanity through identifying and purging and bringing that shadow up to the surface within ourself. You are the egg. The masculine comes to the feminine, just like the sperm swims through the egg. You're the egg. You only need to attract by being so authentically you that anyone that is not truly in respect and reverence for, for that will easily be repelled, and only those 
that truly see you for who you are stay, right? Whether it's friends or partnerships or lovers or whatever. We think it's rejection, but it's our natural magnet. That there is the repelling side of a magnet for all those that simply are not in alignment with our highest good. The no's are a good thing, as painful as it might be in the moment. And so, you know, apply this to your particular, you know, version of it if you, if, you know, if you're not hetero, you know. It doesn't have to be a gender um, thing or specific choice, you know, that it really applies in its own unique ways to, you know, whatever your preferences are. And so I just don't want anyone to feel discluded here. Um, but you know, I speak about Eris and, and we can see ourselves as Eris also uninvited for the projection upon her as being the disruptor because she doesn't take any shit because she stands up for things that needs stood up for because she doesn't sweep shit underneath the rug. She doesn't let things go. She doesn't say, no, all of this is okay. Okay. All the abuses, all of the, it's okay. I'll just look the other way. No, she doesn't do that. She's a disruptor with purpose. She's a disruptor and provoker because she only cares about divine law, not arbitrary man-made law that cages creativity and soul. These systems humans create, that we create, do they truly serve us or is it creating more monotone and conformity and controlled population for use by darkness that would use our energies for malevolent intent and do? She doesn't tolerate abuses because it's custom, or it would dissolve appearances and pretense. Where in your life have you been heiress, or where do you need to be her, and stop letting yourself be walked on, or stop settling for less than your value, or you're not standing up for something that needs to be stood up for? I have definitely been the provoker and disruptor in my life, and it has not been easy. It's often very lonely, and you know, but I just don't tolerate abuse or animal abuse or child abuse or things that I see that just aren't right. And, you know, I'll turn a parent in for abusing their children, and I've done that. I will stop strangers if they're abusing their animals and, like, what the hell are you doing, you know? And I've done that many times. And, you know, I always question things. People don't like it. People don't like being questioned. They don't question their own beliefs. They're on the program. It is often very lonely because you don't go along to get along. And people don't want to disrupt their placid lake pretense to get the crocodiles out from beneath the waters. People would prefer to sweep it underneath the rug. Because otherwise they might have to face their own shadow and pain and darkness. This is what we are going through in this world. We are facing our own shadow, pain, and darkness so that we can be the clear channel for divine light to pour through us and into this world, to tip the balance of the scales from a world motivated by fear and domination to a world motivated by love and partnership. We who are warriors for the light are everywhere working together, and some of us don't even know it consciously, but we are everywhere. Those that know it can come together to support each other. And we can connect instead of compete, instead of tearing each other down like the three goddesses. 
I think what Goddess Eris is also churning up in the collective right now is money and feminine suppression. How money has been a covert way to control women. I mean, all people, but women. And the way it's dealt with in our society. And this is, you know, with Uranus and Taurus, this is massively being disrupted right now. And, you know, this is why, you know, I coach on divine feminine financial healing. We must financially heal ourselves and come into wealth consciousness along with owning assets and money and having abundance as women. In our culture, money is important to provide for ourselves a lifestyle worthy of the soul mission, worthy of being here incarnate, you know, worthy of this amazing work that we do to raise humanity out of darkness, one puzzle piece at a time, you know, together. Eris doesn't like laws that restrict and control and suppress freedom the way our systems work right now, doggy dog, everyone out for themselves and individuals owning so much just proportional to the rest of the people, the way our systems work, where, you know, I don't like, I don't really like to say unfair advantage, but without a better way to put it, you know, it's like there's loopholes for people, but because it's a law, a man-made law, then it's okay. But it's really just, but then if you break the law to get ahead, but that's not okay when if it's harming no one but yet it's considered breaking the law and so you know i can't give you a great example off the top of my head unfortunately but you know we ha like you can think of them we have that everywhere and there's all this manipulated tax code and manipulated laws in the legislature just to get this done and that done and, and and none of it is for the people right none of it is for serving something higher and, you know, things have been operating, all the systems and institutions and education and agriculture, it's all been operating at the lowest common denominator, at the lowest octave. And that's why we're having so much upsettle right now. And, and we're going to continue to have old structures crumbling for something new to be birthed. And so... You know, Eris doesn't like laws that restrict and control and suppress freedom the way, you know, the way our systems work. You know, the, the things that are crumbling and being disrupted right now. These ideas that we have in our culture, you know, based on rank and hierarchy and status and money and power, instead of heart and love and connection and trust and soul and partnership and contribution and service and linking. And if you think about how all of that has been made into like a Lisa Frank notebook or something with unicorns on it or relegated to little girls playing or relegated to, you know, it's um, relegated to activism you know, to activists or these sects or, or groups of the population that are put over here and not really given the importance in the main culture. And, and so if you think about what is truly important, which is divine love, not fear, and, and what are we running our life off? Fear, love, scarcity, or abundance you know, off of managing our own mindset for our own freedom and becoming free of these conditionings that cage us and creating amazing shit in this world and also having just an amazing, awesome, fun life too. Just like really bringing our dreams to life 
not our ego dreams, but our dreams of our heart that really are meant to be birthed, that are really, really meant to live. In your own life, see if you can harness the power of Eris to embolden your choices in your business and life, to break down any restrictions, even if they are the ones inside yourself. Where can you let go of beliefs and, and keep, you know, beliefs that keep you stuck? Where can you let go of those? When we believe, we must act on it. And this is something that we so often ask, right? Why is this person acting like this? Why do I keep doing the same things over and over? And this is why mindset work changes your life because in your daily thought download, you can get clarity on what you are believing that is causing you to repeat the same old patterns, to procrastinate, to make, to not make moves to get yourself out of a cage, out of hell, or to stand up for something that needs your voice on it. If you believe it, you will act out that belief. That's the way our beliefs work. This is why it is so important to question your beliefs. Do they serve you? Are they from soul and in service to your future vision? I encourage you to be real about where you are. Paris, loving the attention of all the women, buying for his choice. Or where you are, Jupiter, giving up the decision because you would have to face your wife and cannot be unbiased or truthful without dealing with someone's disappointment, perhaps. Where, you know, we, we must deal with other people's disappointment in our life to truly be free and to be truly who we are, the truth of our soul and our self-expression. This doesn't mean we have to disconnect, but we will disappoint others and feel disappointed by others if we are in intimacy with other people. It is simply because of our mind and the way our human, human minds work. Because you do this work that I teach because you do the specific mindset work and get your brain coached and you work with your brain and how it incessantly is offering you preference and judgment, you get better at unplugging from the mind's chatter and opinion as though it were important. You get better and better at letting go of preference, of hearing the perceptions but not engaging them as truth. It's just what the mind does. I read somewhere years ago that there were like these five words you don't use if you want to write better or if you want to speak better or sound professional or whatever adjective you want to put in there. And just, just is one of the words. And it's a great word for emphasis at times. And it can be overused, definitely. But, you know, I, I remember just kind of taking on that as a belief and it's just, some dumb article in a magazine written by who knows who. <laughs> and I, I remember having to like really drop that and use the word just in my writing or in my speaking whenever it punctuated something and just get over <laughs> get over that glitch in my brain. My brain just like picked it up and decided yes, kind of unconsciously. And, and so I had to like go like, oh, I just keep having this block to using that word. It's... A small example, but this is what we do on a bigger scale. This is what we do in all these tiny little ways that drive us crazy when we don't even know why we're driven so crazy because it's like we just pick up all these little beliefs. You should do this. You shouldn't do that. And we just cage and imprison our own self. I stopped, like, here's another example. I stopped eating raw apples and and um, and I had, you know, it, it going for me that I trust my health coach and what she would say, she had to say, you know, and I also was waiting until I kind of 
replenish the stores of my like minerals and nutrients before I went off script and then kind of decided on how I wanted to eat going forward. So, you know, there were some factors and, you know, I had malnutrition, almost lost my hair and my teeth. So it's this kind of like I was willing to do whatever it took. But, you know, I stopped eating apples because part of that pro-metabolic diet is not is not um, eating raw fruit. You have to cook the fruit. And I ate an apple recently, a Honeycrisp apple. It's so amazing. And it's just like crunchy and juicy and sweet. And, you know, like angels trumpeted and mermaids twirled and all of my favorite things were in the room all at once together. That's what it was like. <laughs> it was amazing to eat this apple. And, you know, it's like, where in your life are you running off conditioning in your life to make your decisions or as your motives unwittingly, where you may not have been able to see it until now? You know, at that point, I had to question, okay, like, I'm just even going to get back to eating the way I want to eat. I have some good boundaries that and I'm doing all the things to replenish, you know, the nutrients and minerals and we'll keep keep going. But I'm just going to get back to eating lettuce again because I love lettuce and eating all the things I want to eat and stop restricting myself from eating an apple. So, you know, where in your life did you pick up these beliefs or take them on? We can find every character in this, in Eris's story within ourselves and within others and we can harness Eris's energy to stand up in our lives and rise to our greatest impact for our own smug satisfaction because it benefits the whole and brings more love into this world it's not only our heart desires and and what we love to do this work that we get so much joy and satisfaction from helping others and from healing or coaching or or astrology or computer programming or whatever it is that you do that we get so much joy from that and satisfaction from bringing that light being loving and joyful are some of the most subversive things you can do in this world doing what you love and what is of your heart and turning towards that and turning towards joy is some of the most subversive things you can do in this world at this moment. I'm sending you so much love and I hope this episode really helped you. I will talk to you next episode. Hey goddesses, this has been the Light Goddess Podcast. I am your host, Jude Hotep, the Goddess Coach. And if you would like to apply for the Light Goddess program that is all over at lifecoachjude.com, click the button and we will talk. If you'd like a free guide on how to connect to your sacred feminine and make more money, that is over at lifecoachjude.com.